Last week, we gave you our all-prospect team, the best prospects at every position in the minor leagues. Today, let's talk about the best rookie at every position in the major leagues. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. Again, last week we did the prospect team of the year. Every prospect that, or the best prospect at each position. Uh, we were asked as a mailbag question to give a quick all-rookie team. And I said, no, let's make it an entire show. So today all-rookie team. We're going to start off with the infield, and it's very kind of obvious if you start at catcher who this should be. Adley Rutschman of the Orioles, number one overall pick in 2019, debuted in late May, um, started off a little bit slowly, shook that off, ended up having the fourth best OPS among qualified rookies, 807 OPS, um, was one of the best pitch framers in his first season in the entire American League, threw out almost 30% of base stealers. And after Adley Rutschman was promoted, the Orioles went 65 and 55. It was very much a situation where, you know, he, I'm not giving him the entire credit, but the pitching stabilized, they were able to contend for a wild card spot a year ahead of schedule. And a lot of that is because of Adley Rutschman and, and, his influence on the, the pitching staff, as well as his influence at the plate. Tons, 35 doubles. Just uh, slugging a 445. Again, only had 13 home runs, but 35 doubles just absolutely came in in uh, clutch, came in with big hits at the plate. Very deserving of the um, catcher spot in the all-rookie team. Runner-up for this, I had MJ Melendez of the Royals. Uh, first base. Jose Miranda of the Twins. Started off in AAA, wasn't up for the entire season. When he did come up, struggled that first month, right? Really didn't uh, really didn't do well. But you could see him have it kind of turn around. If you want to break it off at like mid-season on, like maybe June. 286, 347, 446. Um, ended up top 10 among qualified rookies in a ton of stats. Home runs with 15, doubles with 25, hits with 119, batting average was 268 to end the season, um, 66 RBIs, on base was 325, just absolutely picked it up, and a- again, after that adjustment period, which a lot of prospects have, it's one of the reasons I don't take a ton of prospects in fantasy, uh, once you get past that that initial acclimation period, a lot of prospects can show their true talent. Jose Miranda absolutely did that. Runner-up I had here, Vinny Pascantino of the Royals. Our boy Vinny P, the Italian Stallion, uh, didn't have an incredibly large sample size, right? Didn't Wasn't up as long as Jose Miranda and was a little streakier when he was. So I think that's realistic to kind of have him as the runner-up. Second base, 
This one was really interesting. Uh, I went with Brendan Donovan. I think Baseball America did too. Something where he played everywhere on the diamond. Uh, I mean, he, he started at both outfield corners. He started at just about every position in the infield, except for catcher. I don't think he pitched. May have only played like one game at shortstop. But the point is, utility guy that went everywhere. Um, on base of 394, one of the highest, on, I think it was the highest on base for all rookies. And was just right behind Paul Goldschmidt, who is uh, an MVP candidate for the National League. So, final slash line was 281, 394, 379, five home runs, 27 extra base hits. Power's not a huge part of the game, but the defense was good uh, at multiple, multiple spots. I actually, in fantasy, once I gave up on Chris Taylor as my multi-position utility guy, Brendan Donovan was my guy for probably the back half of the season. Because I could plug him in just about everywhere. Second base was a wasteland for me because I had so many injuries, lost Jazz Chisholm, uh, things like that. So Brandon Donovan was a was a crucial piece for me to plug in different places in my lineup whenever somebody had a day off. And I won the championship, so couldn't have been awful. Shortstop, Jeremy Pena of the Astros. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, runner-up I had at second base, Von Grissom of the Braves. Didn't have a large enough sample size to give him the full season thing. Plus, he slumped off a little bit towards the end there. Shortstop, Jeremy Pena of the Astros. Um, had to come in, was the starter from the very beginning of the, of the season, replacing a franchise legend in Carlos Correa. Never an easy thing to do, right? Uh, ended up 253, 289, 426. So the on-base wasn't quite where you would love it to be, but good enough. Um, 22 home runs, so top five among rookies, uh, 132 hits, top five among rookies, 63 RBIs, top five among rookies, but defensively looked very good, was one of the better defensive shortstops in all of baseball, not just rookies, so really allowed Houston to just kind of plug in that defense that Carlos Correa was giving them, and then performed offensively well enough uh, to allow the Astros to coast to a division title and now be in the postseason with a chance to make a deep run, probably the favorites in the American League, uh, ahead of the Yankees. My runner-up for shortstop was O'Neill Cruz. And you're probably asking, where's Bobby Witt Jr.? Bobby Witt Jr. is my all-rookie team na- uh, nominee at third base. Uh, fantasy-wise, I had him wire-to-wire, drafted him, kept him all year. Average 254, on base 294, sub 300, you don't love that. Slugging a 428, stole 20 home, uh, stole, stole 30 bags, hit 20 home runs. Came in, so he was led all rookies in steals. Um, had a th- 2020 season along with Julio Rodriguez. Led all rookies with 80 RBIs. Came in second in hits with, with 150, second in doubles with 31. Second in triples with six. Uh, so definitely better in fantasy baseball than in actual baseball. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show. Bobby Witt's defense at shortstop and third base were both below average. I think shortstop's the bigger concern. Uh, if it's me, I might be looking at making Bobby Witt the starting third baseman for Kansas City if I'm, you know, if I'm the Royals. But either way, I thought he did very well. Uh, and it's funny because the runner-up here is a guy that had been with the Royals and was traded away 
when they just made Bobby Witt the full-time third baseman later in the season, Emmanuel Rivera went from the Royals to the Diamondbacks. In just a minute, I want to uh, get to the outfield. There are some names here that you obviously probably expect. We had the DH spot as well, and it's filled by an outfielder. And then kind of discussing some of the the runners-up here, I think it might be interesting. But first... Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can get the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. But as always, BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. Our buddy Jimmy has been sending out Lines for the playoffs now that we have um, all four all four uh, National League Divisional Series matchups are set. You can go to bet online and see who's the favorites there. Um, but you can also get your f- favorite games and events, MMA, boxing, golf, esports, all of that on BetOnline as well. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so looking at the outfield, first two names, probably the first three names if you paid attention, very, very obvious. Um, I'm going to give you a a left, center, and a right on this. So right field, and it's a guy who played center all year, but right field, Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. Made the roster on opening day, went wire to wire, going to win the rookie of the year, and all, you know, in all likelihood in the American League. 284, 345, 509 slash line. Uh, 145 games. I'm sorry, 145 hits, 28 home runs, 56 extra base hits, still 25 bags, 75 RBIs, had an 853 OPS. Made the All-Star team, participated in the Home Run Derby. Got a massive, massive contract. Looks like he could be a future stud. And uh, he played above average defense in center field. If I'm making this team with the intention of competing this season, I'm putting Julio Rodriguez in right. Simply because, one, I want to let the arm play. And two, he's my power hitter. 28 home runs. Let everybody on this list in home runs. I want him to not have the physical to- uh, the physical wear on your legs of playing center field. I want my slugger to do a Ronald Acuna and play him in right uh, versus center so I can get him, uh, keep him, keep his legs a little bit fresher, right? The guy that I am putting in center field and probably going to win the National League Rookie of the Year is Michael Harris of the Braves. Debuted on May 28th. Uh, he is from Georgia, so he is a, he grew up as a Braves fan. Was very excited to be uh, signed by or to be drafted by the Braves, but led all rookies with a 514 slugging percentage, finished second with a 297 batting average, was home run shot was one home run shy of a 2020 season, 19 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Uh, this is despite not getting called up until the end of May. Um, saw some stats early in the morning that he was I want to say third. With uh, third best batting average with runners in scoring position. Um, one of like the top five hitters in late innings. Like just 
absolutely clutch player offensively late in games and in crucial situations, as well as fantastic defense in center field. I think he had a 992 fielding percentage, so third or fourth best among center fielders. Made a ton of highlight plays and made it look easy. It's very rare to see him make a, a catch in the gap where he has to lay out for it because he just glides to the ball. So, love him in center field on my team. If I'm picking a left fielder, it's going to be Stephen Kwan of the Guardians. 298, 373, 400. And really, it's just elite contact ability, right? Uh, went 116 pitches to open the season without a swing and a miss. Shout out Baseball America for that set. I'd forgotten about that. But swing strike rate was like 3.1%, right? Um, led all qualified rookies with that batting average, almost 300. And then very, very good defense, right? So uh, led all left fielders in the American League in uh, range factor, uh, total total zone runs, put outs. Like baseball reference has all of the defensive stats and he led all left fielders in the American League as a rookie. And so you give me Rod- Julio Rodriguez, Michael Harris, Stephen Kwan, right to left in this outfield. And it may defensively be one of the best outfields in all of baseball, as well as being one of the most dynamic as far as having two guys in Harris and Rodriguez that can hit or that can steal, as well as a guy in Stephen Kwan that's just going to always get on base, still 19 bases as well. So, oh, and more walks than strikeouts, 62 walks to 60 strikeouts. So absolutely a situation where incredibly dynamic outfield. Uh, the DH is another um, is another outfielder. It's almost a little bit cheating. We had this conversation when the season started talking about Rookie of the Year. But Seiya Suzuki of the Cubs is the guy that I would have as my DH. Played right field. Struggled defensively when he first got to Chicago for the Cubs. Uh, got better as the season went on, but I'm having him as my DH simply because I think his defense is probably the worst of the four. Uh, had 111 games. I think he had like a sprained finger that cost him some time, but finished 262, 336, 433. Top 10 uh, in, in hits with 104, doubles with 22, home runs with 14, and then that entire slash line. So uh, not a huge stolen base threat, only stole nine bags, but a very, very solid, a significantly above average fourth outfielder and a DH for us there. In just a minute. Oh, no, the runner's up. So uh, runner's up here, some interesting guys. Jake McCarthy of the Diamondbacks. Very hard to leave him off. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez of the Guardians, another runner up. And then Jack Sawinski of the Pirates, who actually was the rookie home run leader for most of the season. And I don't think he lost it until he got sent down and some guys finally passed him. So didn't spend the entire year up, but Jack Suwinski flashed enough to be on the second team if we were doing a second team. In just a minute, I want to get to the pitching staff. Uh, this It was hard to narrow it down to just five starting pitchers, but they are some fantastic, fantastic names. We're going to get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So starting pitchers, 
if you look at uh, rookies this year, guys who lost rookie eligibility or who, who completed their rookie eligibility in 2022, fantastic options here. Number one is probably the runner-up for National League Rookie of the Year, Spencer Strider of the Braves. 31 games this season, uh, had 11 games out of the bullpen. They moved him to the starting rotation. Um, and reminder that he is a guy that that really has a two-pitch arsenal. He's got the fastball. He's got the slider. That's about it. He has a change. There were entire games he wouldn't even throw that change up. It was just fastball slider. And yet, despite that, 131 and two-thirds innings, 202 strikeouts. We talk so much about all the records he set. Fastest to 200 strikeouts in a season. Beat Randy Johnson's record for that. Uh, Did all this as a rookie, right? Brave single game record of 16 strikeouts on September 1st against the Rockies. Uh, The old record of 15 was a Cy Young and Hall of Famer John Smoltz. So (laughs) the names that... Spencer Strider joined production-wise, have just been absolutely absurd this year. Led every qualified rookie starter in ERA, 267, in strikeouts with 202, in whip, 0.99, and opponent's batting average, 180. Uh, Walked 45 guys in 131 and two-thirds innings, but 13.8 strikeouts per nine, I believe, led baseball among qualified starters. Missed the last two weeks of the season because of a strained oblique. Uh, and there's questions about whether or not he'll be ready for, for the NLDS and whether he's going to be a starter or going to be moved back to the bullpen to give them some options. We talked about that in yesterday's show when we mentioned Bryce Elder. But Spencer Strider, absolutely my um, starting pitcher number one on this team. Starting pitcher number two, George Kirby of the Mariners. Came up on May 8th, uh, stayed up the rest of the year, and the dude is just a control artist. 130 innings, 133 strikeouts, 22 walks. Had the best strikeout to walk ratio, 6.05 of any qualified rookie starter. Was top five in ERA, 339. Top five in innings pitched with 130. Top five in walks with only 22. Top five in strikeouts with 133, and top five in whip with a 121 whip. Mariners made the postseason. George Kirby being in that rotation all year is one of the many reasons why. And I, again, could not be happier that they are in there. Very excited to see it. Uh, number three, the number three pitcher on our all rookie team, Joe Ryan of the Twins. Guy didn't get as much attention. He was the opening day starter out of spring training as a rookie for the Twins. Led the Twins in wins with 13. Led the Twins in innings pitched with 147. And led the, uh, the, the team in strikeouts with 151. Was second in ERA with 335 behind Sonny Gray, who made the All-Star team. Uh, finished second among all qualified rookie starters in whip, 1-1-0, right behind Spencer Strider. An opponent at batting average 211 behind Spencer Strider. Uh, 27 games. Just the thing here is, you know, struck out just about a guy every single inning, 9.2 strikeouts per nine, and went wire to wire 
for the Twins. Part of the reason that they were in contention so late gave them stability. And to do it as a rookie, lead your team in innings and lead your team in wins, strikeouts, and all of that. Joe Ryan's a guy we don't talk enough about because a lot of his, he doesn't feel like he has super elite tools, but dude's a pitcher. Dude's just a good pitcher. And you absolutely need that. You can do a lot worse than that as a number three on your all-rookie team. Number four, had a couple different options here. Went with Nick Lodolo from the Reds. So didn't get in the rotation full-time in in July, or until July. Still ended up fifth among rookies with 131 strikeouts. He threw 103 in a third innings with a 3.36 ERA over 19 starts. Uh, he started off, he had three starts. He went to the IL with a back injury. And when he came back, he was absolutely dominant. Of those 16 starts after coming back from injury, 13 of them were three earned runs or less. The only pitcher on the Reds to finish with an ERA under four. Um, 125 whip. 235 opponent batting average. Again, 131 strikeouts and 103 in a third innings. Nick Lodolo looks like he's a dude. And if he can do it in that ballpark with that kind of lack of run support behind him, imagine what he can do when the Reds um, have gotten a lot of these players out of the farm system and are up and contributing at the major league level and they're contending for the division again. When you have an Ellie De La Cruz behind you, you know, Noel V. Marte, some of these other guys playing with you. Imagine what he can do in that situation. So Nick Lodolo as a number four, you can do a lot worse than Nick Lodolo as a number four. And some people would swap Ryan and Lodolo. That's fine with me. If you have Nick Lodolo as your three and Joe Ryan as your four, you can do that. I gave the nod to Ryan because of the longevity because he did it all season, whereas Lodolo didn't come up until July and only made 19 starts. Your number five guy, and it's wild to think that he was number five. Uh, but Reed Detmers of the Angels. Dude pitched a no-hitter. And I have him as my number five. Um, okay, so he went he he went down to AAA midseason, worked on the slider, and when he came back, was one of the more effective lefty pitchers in the second half of the season. Um, had 25 starts, 377 ERA. 122 strikeouts and 129 innings to 46 walks. So, one to one whip, a little bit higher than some of the other guys on this list, although exactly the same as George Kirby. Uh, but of those 25 starts, 15 of them, he held his, his opponent to two runs or less. Um, had the third lowest ERA on the team behind Shohei Otani and Patrick Sandoval. And so absolutely showed, especially when he came back with that reworked slider, that he had what it takes to contribute at the major league level. And again, threw a no-hitter against, uh, against the Rays without that fixed slider. So absolutely a dude that can that is probably better than the number five pitcher on any given team. We have him as number five here. But this is a deep one through five. So to kind of recap here, pitching staff, Spencer Strider, number one. George Kirby of the Mariners is your number two. Joe Ryan of the Twins is your number three. Nick Lodolo of the Reds is your number four. And Reed Detmers of the Angels as your number five. Um, I've got two closer or two relievers, a setup man and a closer. My setup is Johan Duran of the Twins. And my closer, 
Felix Bautista of the Orioles. So Bautista took the job when, um, when Orioles management traded Jorge Lopez at the deadline. So I don't think that Orioles management got the memo that the Orioles were competing, but Bautista became the closer when that happened. Uh, looked great. 17 save opportunities, converted 15 of them. On the season, 65 and two-thirds innings uh, in 65 games, so he didn't very often go over one inning. 2-1-9 ERA, uh, 16 earned runs, 88 strikeouts in 65 games, 23 walks, a whip of 0.93, average of 167 allowed. Uh, the slash line here that he that that he allowed opposing batters 167 245 291 you didn't do much of anything against Felix Bautista uh, fastball that sits 99 or so splitter looked fantastic very tough guy to hit um, Alexis Diaz is a guy for Cincinnati I struggled to find a way to get him into this team and he was the first reliever left out but I believe war among pitchers he was second behind only Spencer Strider. It was very difficult not to get Alexis Diaz of the, of the Reds into this team, but just couldn't quite make it work. So he's the first runner-up. So to recap, your infield, Adley Rutschman at catcher, Jose Miranda of the Twins at first, Brandon Donovan of the Cardinals at second, Jeremy Pena of the Astros at short, and Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals at third. Your outfield. Left to right, Stephen Kwan of the Guardians in left. Michael Harris of the Braves in center. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners in right. With Seiya Suzuki of the Cubs as your DH. I think this team would be a playoff team if this was a real team. And this hasn't even gotten into who your backups are, who, you know, there's other DH options, things like that. This is just uh, taking just taking the best players at each position, I think this is a playoff team right there. Um, great week this week. A lot of other fun stuff coming up. If you made it this far in the video, do us a favor, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube. It really does help a ton. If you've made it this far in the audio, go out to the podcast app of your choice, leave us a review. Uh, we do read every single one. It does mean a ton to me to hear your feedback, what you like, what you don't like, uh, what you can change. And again, if you have questions for the show, mailbags every Monday. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. (laughs) 